All right, have a seat. Thank you, Drew. And Ben, thank you all for leading. Uh, jo jo Jonah was a? And Nineveh was evil. They were fish flappers. They were evil people. Uh, if you, you've watched the Veggie Tales, we're going to be in the book of Jonah. We're still there. Uh, we're in chapter 3. We're, we'll be in verses 5 through 10 tonight. We've got two more weeks after this week working through the rest of the text. Uh, but this is sort of what the text has showed us so far. Uh, uh, God says, and God says, go, Jonah says what? No. Okay, good. The next line was what? He flees to Joppa, gets on a, God sends a storm. It barely stays. Okay, so the, the, the storm really about takes his boat out. The, the next thing we, we find in the story, because the sailors fear the, they throw Jonah. Okay, they threw, they tried everything, but that was the only thing that they figured out would work because he was running away from God. Fourth thing was in the waters that were angry and strong. Y'all were like, uh, flexing, trying to look tough. Uh, the waters that were angry and strong immediately become oh so calm like that. So as soon as he hit the water, everything was calm. The storm was gone. And the uh, uh, and then, and the next one is poor old Jonah begins to flail until he's swallowed by a or big fish. Okay, uh, we had to go with the rhyme. In the belly of the fish where it doth stink, Jonah finally begins to You know what, isn't that the truth? When we're running away from God, some, we, some, we just got to hit something hard and then we finally begin to think. Uh, the, the next part in the story, he commits his life to God once more and the great fish hurls him onto the Y'all get this? There's a rhyme aspect. I don't know if you've, you've caught on yet. Uh, and so Jonah obeys and tells the people they're flawed. The Ninevites repent and turn to God. I had to make it work. All right, so that's where we're at in the story right now. He has is, he is yelled at them, told them they need to get right or get left, turn or burn, fly or fry. Uh, and he's, he's almost said it in a very harsh way. I saw a, an article uh, that was on Fox News and on a lot of the news things of a couple uh, and their young child that went on a camping trip in England. And uh, they ended up going down this, this, this path that's along the coast. It's a long trail called the Cleveland Way. They found a spot. They thought, man, this is great. So they pitched their tent on this one spot right beside the trail. And so here's a picture of their, the, the first picture I got. Okay, there's a picture of their tent. Now, if you notice, it's, it's sort of near an edge, right? Well, it's, it, it's actually on a spot where there's a lot of landslides, like the cliff is crumbling a lot of the time. And so they uh, pitch it, I don't know if they did it at night, they set it up, and so here's a, another shot uh, of them on this edge. Look at this next shot. I think this next shot is a, so that's from the water side with the drone. You, and then you'll see a top view here of it. So that's where they are. That's sort of the cliff. It's a 300 foot drop right beside where their tent is with their young child. The authorities came and found them and scolded them. That's what the, the, the article said for 
putting their tent in an area that where there was a landslide because their risk of death was was high. And then they got fined because they broke COVID restrictions. And so they got a fine for that. You're like, they're camping with their family. But still, uh, uh, and so... <clears throat> Would it, what, was the, what was the right thing to do? Was the right thing for the authorities to come in and go, hey guys, you're in a bad spot. You, 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 you can't camp here. You could die. Or would it, the nicer thing would have been for them to go, let's not disturb them. They've got their tent all set up. It probably took them a while because that guy doesn't look real bright. So let's just let, let them stay there. We won't. What's the nicest thing, the best thing for them to do? To warn them, right? Okay. Do you understand that we live in a world that is camped by a cliff and many of them don't even know it? They don't even see it. And the best thing that we can do is warn them. They may look at you and go, you're crazy. I'll be fine. We've got to warn them. We've got to talk to them. And that's what we've seen in the text right here. Jonah walked through this city that God is about to take out, this evil city. And it was like, man, you better get right. Turn to God. And that's about all he says. And then we, we left off in, in verse 5 where it said, and the people of Nineveh believed God. So that's pretty cool. So let's jump in the story. I've got Caden Kwiatkowski is somewhere around here. He's going to read our text. So we're going to be in Jonah chapter 3. We're going to read verses 5 through, let's read 5 through 10. And um, if you'll stand with me in honor of God's word. And uh, Caden, is that thing on? You, you told me you, 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 had, you want to get beside me and, and use this? I can do that. It'll be awkward. I don't know. We're running out of time. No, I'm kidding. Here's my microphone right here. I'll hold it, or you can hold it. Is this awkward? Yes, this is very awkward. Thank you. Hello. Don't, sn don't snort my microphone, please. I've got to speak in that. How about you hold it? I'll hold it. Thank you, sir. Okay. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. And the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and believed through, the Nineveh, uh, through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered in sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way, from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger, that we may not perish. When God saw that it was good, that what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God relented from the disaster that he had said he would do to them. He did not do it. All right. Thank you, Caden. Way to recover there, sir. I appreciate it. Um, let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. Uh, Lord, um, there's a, a lesson in, in here for us. There's a truth in here for us. Uh, so, Lord, I just ask for you to uh, speak to us. Uh, and, Lord, help us to be bold and brave uh, that we choose to honor you and follow you no matter what the cost. And uh, we 
thank you that we even have the opportunity to repent and turn to you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, have a seat. <clears throat> All right, so we're going to look at the title of where we're at is there's, there's two parts, and the first part is Nineveh repents. Yes, I thought of that all on my own, okay? And that's what we see in this story, but there's some things that they do because re- repentance is, 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 is t- turning to God. It's when you turn to God, but it's also turning away from sin. You, if if you, we're in sin, we cannot fully repent until we turn away from that sin and we turn to God. That's what repentance here is in the story. And there's three things we see in repentance. First, we see this. The people's response is immediate and sin- sincere. Okay, the people's response is immediate and sincere. They don't waffle back and forth going, oh, sh- should we do this? Should we take him? When they hear the truth spoken to them that you need to get right and turn to God, it says that they Im- Im- immediately immediately believe God. And it says this, that they begin to fast and they put on sackcloth. Anybody here ever worn sackcloth before? I love wearing sackcloth. It's, uh, and you might have actually put your legs in sackcloth if you've ever done a, what's that called race where you're in a, what's it called? Yeah, potato sack race. That's it. If you're ever, ever in a race, that's, that's what sackcloth is. Here's a picture. It's one of those like feed bags. It's like a burlap sack that's itchy. And, um, and they put this, this they, they cut a hole for the head. They didn't use this bag. This is like back from those days. Uh, but we would cut a hole in the head and plop for the arms and just stick that on us. We would wear that around. That should be, the, that should be we should have a sackcloth night at the edge next week. We'll probably grow like double, right? Everybody like, dude, I want to be a part of that church. They got it going on. So sackcloth was something that would make you itch. It would, if you've ever worn cl- uh, like clothes that had a, a tag on it that itched you, it would be like that, but a hundred times worse. And they put that on. They also, it says, that they, they put on sackcloth and sat in ashes. Now, we've had a wood-burning fireplace at our house and we clean it out from time to time and when you clean it out you get a little little soot on on your hand you know one smear of soot can cover four human beings completely it's amazing it gets on everything you might it's your face and all of a sudden you got a big melee's like uh dad you gotta i'm like i look good today may what's going on she's like no uh uh, so it just gets everywhere. It's sort of gross, nasty. It's hard to get off. And so they put this thing that will itch them, and they, they sit in the stuff that's gross. Why? Why would they do that? And this is why they do it, because it's an outward expression of their inward condition. They're understanding, I am messed up. I am f- I'm a wreck. And because of this and what I've learned and God is going to destroy us if we don't turn to him, I am uncomfortable and I am disgusting. And so they make themselves not on the outside the way they look on the inside. And they don't think about it. They just do it. Um, what's interesting, according to text, it, it seems like when they hear God's, you know, the prophet Jonah speak to him, they immediately respond. It almost makes you go back to when the storm, when Jonah was thrown overboard and this huge storm was going on. And when he hit the water, it says immediately the storm ceased and became calm. 
So it's that same type of, you see the reflection there, how, how it, it occurs again. In 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 9, uh, look on the screen here, or chapter 2, verses, is it 2? It is 2. It is not 2. That is the wrong verse. That's the wrong verse. Let me read the right verse. I think it's, it's, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verses 9 and 10. No. Verses 9 and 10. It's not here. 12. Is it 12? I'm going I'm to have to walk away from this. I don't know where it's found. But this is what it says in 2 Corinthians. And it's verses 9 and 10 somewhere. You, It's a homework to find it and let me know sometime soon. This is what it says. As it is, I rejoice not because you were grieved. This is what Paul writes, but because you were grieved into repenting. He says, for you felt a godly grief so that you, you, you suffer no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly grief per, per, produces death. If you look at the text in Jonah, they are experiencing grief. You can see it in the way that they react from the people to the king to the whole place. But it's not a worldly grief. It's a godly grief. It's one that causes them to act, causes them to change. So that, that type of grief, when we're in sin and we're caught in sin, we can respond in two ways. We can be sad. That we, a lot of times we're sad that we're caught in that sin, but we don't want to relent or, or, or give that sin up. Or we understand that that sin separates us from God and we need to do something about it. And we're grieved over that sin. That's a God, godly grief, godly repentance. So we see that their response is immediate and sin, sincere. And man, man, when... Repentance isn't just for putting your faith in Christ. Repentance is a daily thing when we struggle through this life and we're like, man, I've, I've slipped into this sin. I've, I've told this lie. I've, I've sp 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 spoken bad about a friend. I've, I, I've done this. I've done that. This is what we, when we are confronted with our sin, we should be uh, immediate and sincere with our response to it. Look at the king's response because it's thoughtful and conscientious. Uh, he does four things. One, he, he arose from his throne. Now, the throne is important because it's a place of power. The throne was a, a symbol. When the king sat on that throne, that, was mean, that means I have authority over all the land, and what I say is gold for everybody else. And the first thing it says the king does is he gets off his throne. Why? Because he knew that this was bigger than him. That if that he, he did not have authority here, that God had authority here. It's the lesson that we can learn from that. And he didn't just know it, but he acknowledged it from getting off his throne. Next thing, it says he removed his robe. You know, okay, that's sort of weird, but his, his robe was a sign of, of, of wealth and fame. And um, in this in instant, the king understands that the only one important is God. And in repenting, you know what? We repent because we sin, and our sin is a, is a blight. It's a, it's a wronging, not just to someone that we hurt, but it's, 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 a, it's against God. Do we understand that? 
We go, yeah, yeah, but God's big enough. God really understands. He's good. Do we understand that when we sin, it, it's, an, it's an attack against God himself? It hurt, you know, it's, it's, so he understood that he wasn't the one that was important, but God was the one that was important, and we need to sort of understand that as well. says that he, once again, as we, we talked about, he clothed himself in sackcloth and, and sat in ashes, a picture of humility, humbling himself. He, he was the king. The king didn't do this. No one ever saw the king do, do this. To some, they thought the king was almost like a god at times. <clears throat> he, was, he was miserable. Don't forget, it's an inward condition. Have you ever wronged someone b- before? And maybe you didn't mean it, or you sort of meant it, but li- later you feel miserable about it. I mean, you feel horrible about it. That's, that's what the sackcloth and ashes, right? Outward expression of your inward condition. And you're going, man, I should not have done that. And the way to make it right is you go to that person, ask for their forgiveness, and you go to God and ask for his forgiveness. It says also this, he issued a decree. And what I love about this is that he used what power he had to point others to God. His decree was for everybody else, hey, look out, repent, we need to stop doing our evil ways, and we need to beg and ask God to save us. So lay down your authority, lay down your importance, humble yourself and bring others with you. Sometimes we get in, in trouble, and it's because we're in a group that is making tr- trouble. It's not just us. If you feel like you need to get things right, try to bring those around you that have been a part, a part of it and, and make it right. What's cool in verse, uh, the next part is really verses nine, uh, seven through nine, is they trusted God. And, and it's interesting here. Look at what it says in, in verse seven. It's in the middle of verse seven. Let neither man nor, nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we might may not perish. They said, let's do this. And they, they don't say this. Let's do this so that God will relent and not crush us. There's a form of respect here because they go, let's do this. And who knows? We're still going to do that, but God may actually save us. It reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they're, they, are, are, they were told to bow down to a golden idol in Dan, 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 Daniel 3. Isn't it, isn't it awful that I stutter on my own name? It's just not fair. Daniel chapter 3, they're there. Uh, the king says, everyone must bow down to this huge golden idol. If you don't, you'll be thrown you'll into the fire, fiery furnace. They refuse to, to bow down. The king spits at them, yelling at them, gives them one more chance. And this is their response to the king when he gives them one more chance. Verses 16 through 18 says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into to the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your ma- 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 majesty's hand. But even if he does not, 
we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They go, our God is going to take care of us, but even if he doesn't, even if it's outside of what we understand his plan is for our life and we don't understand it, even if he doesn't, we're still going to worship him and we won't worship your fake gods. That's a great faith right there. God's going to move, but even if he doesn't move, I'm still going to worship him. And in this story in Jonah, it, 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 he, he says, hey, everybody, worship God, cry out mightily to him. And who knows? He might relent. There's still a, there's a understanding there that God is in control. We're not in control. When we do these things and repent, sometimes we expect everything to work out great and everything to be perfect. But it's not all about us, is it? It's about God and his honor and his glory. Don't miss that. They trusted God. Man, I hope that we can trust God. We, you know, we come to Jesus this exact same, same way. Humble, poor, submitted, broken, dirty, needy. It need to be made clean and right by the only one who can make us clean and right. John 14, 6. For Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We come to Jesus not only for salvation. Don't miss that. We also come to him uh, as we struggle against our flesh. This things of this world that, that tempt and reach out where we fall. He still calls us to repent. First John 1, 9, and know this verse, know this verse. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God can. You might be like, no, you understand, Pastor Dan, you don't know how deep I've fallen. I don't need to know. I know that God can. He is so much bigger than us. What I love about this story, this king is so all in, he makes the cattle and the livestock just quit eating, quit, they're going to fast too, even though they don't know what's going on. And they put, he put, somehow puts sackcloth on them and makes them sit in ashes. The, the animals, he's sort of nuts though, right? But I love him, and this is why I love him, because he's all in. Every aspect of this king's life, everything that he has, the, the people he rules over, he's going, okay. God, we are begging for your, your mercy and we're giving you our all. Repentance calls for this. You giving God everything you have. Every part of your life, every part of your life. Not just the parts that are easy, the parts that are hard. And it's the process of you being sanctified, being made more like Christ. That's, it's a daily, a weekly, a monthly, a yearly thing that is going to happen in your life as you work through and you become more like Christ. There's a, there's a, uh, a guy named Sinclair Fer Ferguson that writes, repentance is not only regretting your sin, but abandoning it. You know, it's not about just being sorry for your sin. It's, it's, about, it's about running away from it for good. That's what repentance is. It's not only regretting your sin, but abandoning it. Jonah 3.10, 
a beautiful verse of, of, of hope uh, for the Ninevites, but I think also for us too. It says this, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. God relented. Don't forget, Nineveh was an evil, wicked, undeserving people who, when given the opportunity, repented in the right way. And God responded, makes me think of Psalm 145, 8, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You're like, man, how could God even save an evil people? Easy. For those in here that have put their faith in Jesus Christ, he saved you. For those who have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, his salvation is offered to you for you to repent, turn from your sin, trust Christ, put your faith in him for the forgiveness of your, of your sins. See, we don't deserve Jesus. We don't deserve the second chance. We don't uh, deserve forgiveness um, or his love, but he gives it, which is amazing to me. In the news, in the past uh, two days, I think on March 1st or 2nd, I think it was March 1st, uh, there was a volcano in Indonesia called Mount uh, Sinabung, is what it's called. Don't ask me to spell it. Uh, uh, but I've got a, a little video. It e erupted uh, on uh, Monday, March the 1st of this year. You can see sort of... That's a time lapse. This is just from a different view. You can go ahead and stop the um, stop the video. That sort of let you see this erupted. Did y'all see the town sort of right beneath it, right in front of it? Now this volcano was dorm, dorm, dormant for four hundred years. Two thousand ten, it erupted, killed about eighteen pe people. And between 12 and 14, it erupted twice. I think it killed maybe six more. Uh, this time, it did not kill any. They've they've actually they've got like a three mile uh, pushback area back away from it now at this point. But if it really explodes, three miles is not enough. So that that town could be in danger. So some some of those that town they're starting to pull back more and more to protect the people. And I can't help think uh just like the 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 people on the cliff um we live in a world where everybody's living near a volcano that can erupt at any moment no one knows how many days they have no one knows how much time they have uh and if i knew a volcano was about to erupt my my goal would be to let those that were were near it to know to get away and, and the way the way to be saved and that's what we're, we're called to do. We're called just to tell people the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, because n no one is guaranteed tonight. No one's guaranteed tomorrow. That's why we're called to reach out. We're called to share our faith. Um, and it's repentance. You know, the hope is that people will repent. Some will. Some won't. We can't convince them. We, we're not called to persu persuade them. We're not called to entice them. This is what we're, we're called to do. Tell them. Just tell them about J Jesus. Pastor Dan, they're going to scoff at me. They're going to mock me. I know. Pastor Dan, it's, it, I could lose friendships. I know. 
Pastor Andy, there's this girl or guy that I like, and it's just not going to work out well. I know. Pastor Dan, you understand, um, among my peer group, I, I might be all alone in this. Like, uh, even some people in the youth group may not come with me uh, if I start to talk about this too much. Yeah, I know. But it's worth it. It's so worth it. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for a chance just to talk about your word and talk about repentance and, God, our calling in it to be faithful just to tell others about you. Uh, God, I thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, who lived a life without sin, who died as a sacrifice for our sins so that we can be in right relationship with you. And you, you forgive our sins even though we've rebelled against you. It just sort of blows my mind. But Lord, help us to be serious about repentance and not just for salvation, but it's just sin that crops up within our life, sin that we allow into our life. Lord, help us to be known as a, a youth group that's faithful to you, that puts you first above all else, and just give us courage to follow you even when it's hard. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.